This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Welcome into Outkick the Show. I'm your fearless leader, Clay Travis. I hope all of you are having fantastic Mondays, and I hope you had fantastic weekends. A um, little bit of details here off the top. I'm going to be speaking at uh, the Florida Sunshine event that is going on with Florida Governor Ron DeSantis this weekend at the Seminole uh, Hotel, the Hard Rock Seminole uh, Resort down in Miami, Fort Lauderdale uh, area. Looking forward to that. I am also going to be playing at the Live Bedminster Classic um, next week as a member of the Pro-Am crew. That's going to be fun. I will discuss it more a little bit next week, but just know, just know, you guys know I have a lot of confidence. You guys know I am the utmost believer in myself. Golf game? Ain't exactly going well right now. I have not played very much golf. And so uh, being on that course, we will see how I do, but it should be a lot of fun. That is next week. We got a lot to dive into. First of all, speaking of golf, enjoyed watching Sunday Cam Smith with six birdies on the back nine en route to a minus 20 to win the British Open, the Open Championship, for those of you who are nerds and get upset when you say the British Open, uh, he was on fire. Rory now has not won, I believe I'm correct in this, Rory won four, Rory McIlroy, four majors between 2011 and 2014, has now not won a major in eight years. Even though he's number two in the world, playing phenomenal golf right now, I do think that Rory McIlroy, remember back in the day when he won the first four, there was a lot of discussion about how he was going to continue to win and win at a high level, as hasn't happened. And you give credit to Cam Smith, I believe 26 years old, 28 years old, whatever he is, he's still in his 20s, for getting that win and playing so white hot down the stretch. I love watching the British Open every year. Uh, because you end up with so many shots that get lost, uh, so many uh, ridiculous shots. It reminds me of my own golf game. I also like waking up in the morning and having golf on, having it finish at a relatively early time. So uh, congrats to Cam on getting that win. And uh, we'll see. There's talk that he may be joining David Faraday, maybe Charles Barkley, and joining the Live Tour. Uh, Again, I'll be at the Bedminster event in theory, next week uh, as a part of that Pro-Am. Uh, look forward to being able to play there. Um, and uh, I was <laughs> I was also uh, saying that I want to go head-to-head against Charles Barkley uh, because I think my golf game fits his, although his swing has gotten better of late. I would like to challenge Charles Barkley to a head-to-head challenge. I want to play out at that uh, Lake Tahoe event where I'm not sure if I'm famous enough to be able to be an invited member of the uh, the Lake Tahoe event. I think I'm getting close enough to be famous, uh, enough to be on that list. I looked, I actually went through and looked at the list of uh, of who was allowed to play. And I thought to myself, I was not, not even analyzing their golf games at all. 
for the celebrities. I was like, oh, I'm as famous as that person. I should be able to play. So I want to be able to play at the Lake Tahoe event, but I'm going to be at Bedminster. If I start playing more frequently in these pro-ams, I will eventually, I promise, get better. Uh, I think it's also kind of a sign that I'm not that good. They were like, hey, will you bring your own golf clubs to the Pro-Am event? Or are you okay with using the golf clubs that we have uh, here? And I said, I'm fine with the golf. I don't want to have to carry my golf clubs on an airplane and worry about keeping up with them. Plus, I'm flying from New York City to Michigan to meet my family for a getaway vacation. And when I say vacation, I mean where I'm not actually working on the air, right? So... I travel around the country a lot, but I still do the radio show, still do the television shows, still do these shows. Uh, so a lot of times, I don't actually not where I'm always working, but I'm not when I'm still doing radio and everything else. Not really a vacation. I'm actually going to be on vacation in August in Michigan for a week. Northern Michigan in the summer is fabulous. So that is a couple of weeks away. Anyway. That's a lot of housekeeping. Congrats to Cam Smith on his win. Did you see the story over the weekend that the University of Pennsylvania nominated Leah Thomas for a uh, Woman of the Year award? Now, Leah Thomas uh, was formerly uh, named uh, Will Thomas and was a swimmer on the University of Pennsylvania men's team. And people say, oh, you can't dead name. And I don't even know what that concept means. But to me, you can't explain the athletic ability of Leah Thomas without acknowledging that initially Leah Thomas was William Thomas. And William Thomas, Will Thomas, swam on the University of Pennsylvania men's team. Decent swimmer, right? If you make a college swim team, you have to be a very talented swimmer. Big guy, strong guy. Swam on the University of Pennsylvania men's team. Then decided... He was going to become a woman and transitioned and decided that now that he was a woman, he was going to swim on the women's team. And not surprisingly, because men are bigger, stronger, and faster than women, a a male college swimmer who decided to identify as a women's college swimmer became an incredibly successful women's college swimmer. And so uh, Will Thomas transitioned to Leah Thomas and never won men's swimming awards, but then did become an incredible women's swimmer, winning the 500 over this past year. And so the University of Pennsylvania has now nominated him for Woman of the Year. And so I got to give credit here. So I think this is crazy, okay? I am, let me be straightforward and clear. If you are over 18 years old, you are an adult, and you decide that you would rather be a woman than a man or a man than a woman, I don't particularly care. I want you to be able to be as happy as you can be. If that makes sense, that's fine. But I'm not willing to take the next step, which is, and therefore, even though I was biologically a man and benefited from testosterone and am as a result bigger, stronger, and faster than women, I don't think you should suddenly be able to compete against women because you identify suddenly as a woman. Most women agree with me. Most men agree with me. Very few current female athletes will speak out because they are afraid that they're going to get targeted. And look, most women, most women don't have a chance to make a living as a professional athlete. So they have to go on and get a job. 
They have to go on to grad school and continue their education. And so women are afraid, and men, but certainly women who are athletes, are afraid that they're going to be considered transphobic. So I understand people out there who say, oh, all these women should refuse to compete against this man. This is ridiculous and all these things. I understand that's relatively easy to say when you aren't risking your own future over this. Well, Riley Gaines, credit to her, University of Kentucky women's swimmer, uh, when I tweeted this out, she responded and said, and her photo was alongside of Leah Thomas. She said, being the real girl in that photo and also University of Kentucky's nominee for NCAA Woman of the Year, I'm reading from her tweets, this is yet another slap in the face to women. First, a female national title and now nominated for the Pinnacle Award in Collegiate Athletics. The NCAA has made this award worthless. This award, and I'm reading from Riley Gaines, University of Kentucky women's swimmer, who is going to be on with us Wednesday on the Clay and Buck Show. This award combines athletic performance with academics, service, and character. What character has Thomas shown other than sheer selfishness and entitlement? The disrespect and disregard for the other female athletes in Thomas's interviews is eye-opening. Bravo, Riley, Gaines. You cannot allow men to take over women's athletics. And that is exactly what they are going to do if you allow people to choose to identify as whatever gender they are and suddenly decide to parachute into women's athletics. And people say, why do you care? Right? That's the question you get a lot. Why do you care? Because I come from the world of sports, which is about the best man or woman winning. It isn't about the best man who identifies as woman winning. The reason why we separate men's and women's athletics is because men are bigger, stronger, and faster than women. And if we allow men to decide to identify as women, then men are going to become the greatest women's athletes of all time. The fact that the University of Pennsylvania is nominating a man, a biological man, as the Women's Athlete of the Year is an insult to women's athletics. And everyone with a functional brain knows this. We don't allow people to decide to change their age to compete. Imagine if I said, hey, I know I'm a 43-year-old man, but I feel like I am a 13-year-old girl. I would be the greatest 13-year-old girls basketball player to ever exist. I really do think that. Hate to brag and draw attention to myself, but I think I would be the greatest 7th grade girls basketball player of all time. I think that I would be unstoppable if I decided that I was trans age and I wanted to go back to 7th grade. I would wreck. I would wreck every 7th grade girl in the country in basketball right now. I have to get in shape. Have to get in shape. 
but I would average like 60 points a game. I would average like 34 rebounds a game. I would be the greatest 7th grade girls basketball player you have ever seen if I were trans age. And every single one of you right now is listening and you're like, man, that's crazy. Yeah, because I'm a grown-ass man. And when you are a grown-ass man, you don't get to identify as a woman. And you also don't get to identify as whatever age you want to be. You can't be trans age. I can't be a trans seventh grader. I can't change my race. Why would you allow me to just change my gender? It makes no sense. It destroys all athletic competition. That's why I care. Why do you care? Why do you even care? If you just want to change your gender and it doesn't change any competition, I'm fine. Guess what? You know what's not a story in athletics? Women who decide to identify as men. Do you know why? Because they aren't any good at athletics. Because women are not bigger, stronger, and faster than men. As a group. There are some women that are bigger, stronger, and faster than me. As a group, there aren't very many. Okay? So, if a woman decides to identify as a man, it doesn't impact athletics at all. To my knowledge, there is no woman identifying as a man who is going in and dominating male athletics. That's because this only becomes an issue when a man decides to identify as a woman. So I give credit to Riley Gaines for speaking out against it. And I think we're to the point now where the only way to address this is by pointing out how absurd it is using hyperbole, which is what I just did. Satire is one of the last defenses against what is the Democrat woke waterfall of absurdity. Hey, Clay Travis right here. Outkick the show is dominating. We're continuing to roll. More coming back in a moment. But first, this. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, A couple of things that are awful, uh, and I got to talk about them. You guys know that I support police more than almost anyone in media. Having said that, the Uvalde police response to the school shooting was an unmitigated disaster, and it is indefensible. Just because you support police doesn't mean that you can't acknowledge when there are failures. I watched the videos that were released from inside of that school. Within two or three minutes of that 22-year-old madman going into that school through an unlocked door, which, by the way, should have been locked, and going right down the hallway into that classroom, and you could start to hear all the gunshots that he fired, there were at least three cops that came running right in after him. And do you know what they did? They went down in the direction of those classrooms, He fired a couple of bullets back at him. They went all the way running back down the hallway and nobody did anything for almost an hour and a half with that madman in those classrooms with those kids and those teachers as they were calling 911. They all lined up until there were 300 
and 76 police officers on the scene there, it took them nearly an hour and a half to actually go in and defend those kids and those teachers. It's indefensible. The people who bear the most blame, in my opinion, are the first several officers on the scene. They took fire, yes. Their lives were in danger, yes. But that is why you become a police officer. If you are not willing to risk your life to protect innocent children and teachers in a situation like what happened in Uvalde, you should turn in your badge right now because you are not worthy of that badge. And you need to have your opportunity and livelihood taken away. It's what I believe. The number one thing you do, why you would sign up for being a police officer, in my opinion, is because you want to protect the innocent from depredation from madmen, from attack from madmen. And those police officers didn't do it. Now, as hundreds of police officers get on the scene, I understand how this descended into a total mess in terms of who was in control, what officer was in command, what information existed, all of those things. I understand how that could happen. But when I watched that video, those first several police officers on the scene had to go and they had to confront the gunman. It's the number one thing that we have taught officers since Columbine. You go until you can't go anymore. And if you get taken down, the guy behind you keeps going. And eventually you take out that shooter. Maybe there would be more kids alive today. Maybe there would be more teachers alive today. If within minutes, those officers had gone in instead of allowing all of those people to be there bleeding out gunshot wounds for an hour and a half inside of those classrooms. Like what happened? Uh, It's indefensible. Positive story which deserves more praise and more media attention. Uh, Greenwood, Indiana, suburb of the Indianapolis area, at a mall, a mass shooter took a gun there intending to kill as many people as he possibly could. Almost as soon as he began his reign of terror, a 22-year-old with a gun took out that mass shooter. That is... A good guy with a gun, which the mainstream media tells you never exists, took out this guy with the gun. It's not getting very much attention at all, but I do believe this should get a great deal of attention. I'm reading from OutKick, where we actually cover stories that a lot of other media won't cover. The real hero of the day. This is according to Greenwood Police Chief Jim Eisen. The real hero of the day is the citizen that was lawfully carrying a firearm in that food court and was able to stop the shooter almost as soon as he began. Greenwood Mayor Mark Myers also said, We do know someone we are calling a good Samaritan was able to shoot the assailant and stop further bloodshed. This person saved lives tonight, the mayor said. I am grateful for his quick action and heroism. 
How much praise and heroism and courage and thanks is being heaped upon this 22-year-old? Not a lot. We still don't know his name. But we do know that left-wingers are already angry at him because the mall had a policy that prohibited firearms and some of the people in the left wing are angry that there was a good guy with a gun there at all. Now the problem with gun-free zones in many ways is when you announce a gun-free zone, you are ostensibly letting people know where they can go without anyone there being able to oppose them. This was something that they tell us never happened. A good guy with a gun stopped a mass shooting, potentially saving dozens of lives. Bad side, Uvalde response. Good side, this 22-year-old good Samaritan. Thank you for being there. Um, You guys sometimes ask, hey Clay, how come you still talk about COVID and masking and all of the policies that are in place surrounding it? It's because it's not going away. OutKick is on track for our biggest audience ever in July. Our audience continues to skyrocket. Same thing happening with Clay and Buck. Why? It's because a lot of you out there all over the country understand that they, the left-wing COVID fear porn purveyors, are going to bring back masks as soon as they can. And Some of you don't see this. You don't get it. But let me tell you this. In San Diego, kids are having to wear masks again in schools during summer school. Doesn't make any sense. We know, based on the data, you can look at L.A. County and compare it to Orange County. No basis, in fact, whatsoever, that masks are lowering the spread of COVID. We know, looking where I live at Nashville area, I live in Williamson County. For those of you who don't know my area, it's somewhat similar to L.A. in that Williamson County is directly south of Davidson County, which is where Nashville is. I live in the Franklin-Brentwood area now. Kids, my kids, go to public school, my two youngest. They had absolutely no mask requirement entire year. Nashville required masks all the way up into March uh, or April of the school year. Rates of COVID were actually a bit lower in my county of Williamson. Orange County, a bit lower than L.A. County. We have side-by-side counties with two different policies that they put in place. No difference in the spread of COVID because masks don't work in any way in terms of reducing the spread of COVID. Everybody's now acknowledging this. Even the left-wingers now are saying, well, the way people wear masks means that they don't stop the spread of COVID. Yeah, no kidding. The way that people wear masks doesn't work because unless you're going to put on like a full-on gas mask, there is no way to stop the spread of COVID by wearing masks. Doesn't mean they're not going to try. Ashish Jha and Dr. Fauci, but Ashish Jha is now speaking out on the Biden administration's policy. They are now arguing that they want masks back and that they need to be returned to indoor settings. I can already see this starting to grow. I flew this weekend. 
down and back to Orlando. Like I said, I'm headed to Fort Lauderdale this weekend. Next week, I'll be in New York City. Then I'm headed to Michigan. I'm all over the place, okay? Starting to see more people wearing masks. And really what the mask is, is it is a left-wing version of the MAGA hat. If you wear a MAGA red hat, you were sending a political statement. If you are wearing a mask now, you are saying, I don't care about science. All I care about is uh, making sure everybody knows that I'm a good Fauciite, that I am willing to buy into unscientific uh, doggerel in order to be considered in good standing with the left wing in this country. And speaking of the left wing in this country, Dr. Fauci has announced that he is retiring by January of 2025. He should be gone today. And he should be gone today because he should be charged, in my opinion, with criminal offenses. Let me explain what I mean. I believe Dr. Fauci has lied in front of Congress about his involvement in gain-of-function research as it pertains to COVID inside of Chinese hospitals. I think that our own tax dollars, Chinese labs instead of hospitals, I believe that our own tax dollars in the United States, the evidence clearly demonstrates that we used our own tax dollars to help gain-of-function research in China. And I believe that gain-of-function research aided in the escape of COVID from Chinese laboratories. And that Dr. Fauci, in the initial immediate aftermath back in February of 2020, based on the emails that he sent, he knew that that was the case, that NIH dollars, which he had okayed, had been used to help gain-of-function research And I believe that he helped to put in place a cover-up and has testified dishonestly about COVID ever since in front of Congress. And I believe that there is evidence out there that would justify Dr. Fauci being charged with crimes. Um, And that's why he needs to resign immediately. And one reason why I am voting Republican Party straight down the ticket in the midterms is because I want Republicans to take back the House and I want Republicans to take back the Senate and I want them to do so because I want them to hold Dr. Fauci accountable for his lies and for the anti-science policies that he implemented that has led to kids being held out of school, that led to the lockdown and the shutdown in the first place, that led to 20 million people losing their jobs, that led to $6 trillion in additional national debt spending, Everything that we did wrong associated with COVID had the direct fingerprints of Dr. Anthony Fauci on it, and he should have to bear the consequences for his poor policy decisions and advice, and frankly, for the lies that he has told, I believe, in front of Congress. Um, Joe Biden. Joe Biden gave a fist bump uh, to Saudi Premier uh, uh, uh down in Saudi Arabia recently, MBS, and uh, the the crown prince basically running Saudi Arabia. I've been clear for a long time. Um, I have no issue whatsoever with, let's say, the WWE going to Saudi Arabia and putting on a uh, putting on a wrestling exhibition. I have no issue with people deciding that they are going to maximize their business interests by having their business all around the world, regardless of all of the uh, permutations politically of every single country, right? That's been my issue with LeBron and the NBA and Adam Silver and everybody else throughout with Major League Baseball 
don't lie to me and claim you are a social justice warrior organization when you're fine in many respects with making decisions that are the antithesis of that. If your goal is just to build your brand as large as you can possibly make it, and you acknowledge that sometimes that means going to countries that have different human rights violations or values than the United States might, I understand it. I'm not here saying, hey, you can never play a game in China. You can never go to uh, that Latin American country because they have different rules as it pertains to transgender rights than the United States does. But as soon as you start lecturing me on politics, then don't do what Joe Biden just did, which is go down to uh, Saudi Arabia, meet MBS, and give him a fist pound. Now, I actually think a fist pound is more of an acknowledgement than a handshake is. In other words, I think of a fist pound as something you do like, hey, you're out on the golf course and the guy you're playing golf with just hit a shot or made a putt that you're excited about. You give him a fist pound. You shake a hand, like I shake hands with all sorts of people. Way fewer people that I fist pound. I tend, tend in general, can't speak to it every single encounter at this point, but I tend to in general fist pound people that I know better and handshake people that I know less well. And the fist pound to me is more of an acknowledgement of affinity by and large than the handshake is. So whoever negotiated the fist pound, congrats to Saudi Arabia. You got the bigger acknowledgement than you would have if Joe Biden had just shaken your hand. Everything that the Biden administration decides is more incompetent than the thing before. I don't know how they ended up on fist pound instead of handshake, but congrats to Saudi Arabia for winning yet another negotiation with the Biden group. Finally, I saw this over the weekend and I thought, you know what? Uh, I give credit to this mom. Did you see what happened up in uh, Minneapolis? There was a guy who was shot that was armed that had been firing into an apartment, a mom and two young kids. And BLM protested that a sniper shot this armed guy who had put people under risk in Minneapolis. And the mom actually walked out and confronted the protesters and said, wait a minute, you guys are protesting the guy who tried to kill me and my family being shot. Police did their job. And this is why Minneapolis, maybe uniquely right now, among all uh, all cities in America, is suffering some of the highest rates of crime and some of the highest rates of police leaving the force. Because in the wake of the BLM protest, murders have skyrocketed in Minneapolis. And so have overall rates of violent crime. And the result is that many people in Minneapolis are not safe, white, black, Asian, Hispanic, everyone. And so one reason why is because even when police are protecting citizens from a potential violent death and have to engage violently with a violent person, they still are having to deal with the fact that people want to protest. Here is the simple truth. Police are imperfect. You just heard me talk about the response to the school shooting in Uvalde, Texas. They failed there. Police are imperfect, but police are the number one line of defense that we have in this country, and most of the time they do 
a phenomenal job protecting the innocent among us. Violent criminals need to be put behind bars and kept there. It's not rocket science. We did it in the 1990s and crime collapsed. We need police able to do their job and we need violent criminals off the streets and behind bars. That is how you, that is how you address the surging rates of violent crime that are existing right now in our country. I appreciate all of you. SEC Media Days is underway. You can go follow all of our coverage at OutKick. We got great hires. David Hookstead, welcome to the family. Uh, We are set for the biggest month in OutKick history this July. Appreciate all of you. DBAP, unless you need to SBAP, I am Clay Travis, and this has been OutKick, the show.